Which self-directed IRA custodian is the right choice for you? I'm Brian Ellis. We'll tackle that question right now in episode number 13. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. There's a requirement in federal law. If you want to have an IRA, there has to be a qualified independent third party who serves as the custodian of the account. But what is an IRA custodian? Well, my friends, this is one of the places where you'll see a huge difference between the truth we tell you here on Self-Directed Investor Radio versus the spin you'll hear from others. Here's the harsh truth of the matter. Custodians are companies that have been approved by the IRS to hold your money, document your activities, and report those activities to the IRS. That's the crux of the matter. Custodians exist for the benefit of the government, not for your benefit. That doesn't mean they're bad people. I've hosted good custodians on this show in the past and will do so again in the future, but you need to understand the limits of what custodians can do. Custodians are not financial advisors. They're not even allowed to give you advice about what to do with the assets in your account. Custodians aren't money managers. You alone have to decide what is done with your investment capital. Custodians aren't even required to keep you in compliance with IRA requirements. Sure, many of them will attempt to help you avoid the financial chaos that happens when a prohibited transaction is committed, but if you commit such a financial atrocity, you're on your own. Chances are your custodian has no liability whatsoever for what happens in your account. Having said all of that, I again reiterate that this doesn't make custodians bad. It's just that legally they represent the interests of the IRS and not your interests. For that reason, I think it's overwhelmingly critical that your choice of custodian be made dispassionately and that your commitment to a custodian extend only as far as the quality of their service. This is particularly true for self-directed IRA custodians. Here's why. With a self-directed IRA, you as the account holder are dependent upon your custodian for everything from choosing whether to approve an investment you want to make all the way through to actually sending your money and collecting the resulting documentation. You are at their mercy. And that's why not all custodians are the same. In my experience, too many custodians are, in a manner of speaking, rather casual about implementing the directions of their account holders. It's not uncommon for self-directed IRA custodians to take multiple days or even weeks sometimes to execute transactions as directed by their account holders. For some transactions, that's okay, but frequently it's not. If you're buying foreclosures at the county auction, which requires immediate payment, a delay from your custodian could cost you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's that big of a deal. To be clear, not all self-directed IRA custodians operate at a snail's pace. That's why my first recommendation is to ask around. Anecdotally, I've observed that there's a reverse correlation between the size of a self-directed IRA custodian and the speed of their service. If I was going to choose a self-directed IRA custodian right now, I'd take these steps. Number one, I'd get a list of the available self-directed IRA custodians. We provide such a list for you at sdiradio.com custodians. Number two, I'd seek out the experiences of my friends and colleagues. What's being said about the self-directed custodians that I may be interested in? What lawsuits have they faced? What were the outcomes? Number three, I'd download their account documents and review them thoroughly. I'd be extremely wary of any custodian who limits my legal remedies in the event of custodial error. 
Number four, I'd contact the remaining custodians to see how comfortable and familiar they are with the kind of transactions that I intend to do. Number five, I'd thoroughly review the fee agreements. More on this in just a moment. Number six, I'd ask the custodian if they can guarantee me to execute my direction letters within a certain period of time. Number seven, I'd ask what process is followed to make sure that no mistakes are made by the custodian during the execution of my direction letters. I've heard numerous horror stories about IRA custodians, the big ones, recording real estate deeds incorrectly and in one case, failing to record deeds at all. And number eight, I'd ask if the custodian allows for the formation of single-member LLCs within the self-directed IRA. This forms the basis of the checkbook IRA strategy we discussed in episode number two, which can solve many of the problems associated with using a self-directed IRA custodian. Now, if you're going to be involved in very active trading with your self-directed IRA or involved in complex transactions, you may consider this to be an absolute requirement, as I do. Now, let's circle back to custodial fees. I'm not one to recommend for or against anyone purely on the basis of price. However, I will make one recommendation for you to consider. Be wary of signing on with any firms that charge fees on the basis of the size of your account rather than on a per-transaction basis. The firms that charge on the basis of the size of your account are essentially punishing you for your success. But the reality is that the services provided by a custodian simply don't substantively change based on how much money you have, other than the number of transactions, which is the service for which you should be charged. Custodians borrowed the percent of assets model from money managers, but that's ridiculous. Money managers actually have more to do when there's more money to manage. Custodians, on the other hand, may have more transactions to execute for you, and they should be paid for those transactions, but they don't inherently provide more value just because you have more money. That's pretty shameful in my opinion. Now, I'm frequently asked which custodian I recommend. There are several self-directed IRA custodians that are run by good, honest people who are concerned about the success of their customers. However, I do not make it a habit to recommend custodians for one simple reason. The custodian that provides excellent service today could change in nature overnight. I've seen it happen. So make your choice carefully. And if you have any suggestions for your fellow listeners about the custodians you use, by all means, share your experiences over at sdiradio.com custodians. In the next episode, episode number 14, I'll tease you with some astounding investment opportunities we found and continue on our quest for excellence as self-directed investors. So be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 